Hello, I am Pastor Nicholas Wright of Covenant Love Christian Center. I invite you to join me now in the Word with Pastor Nick. If you would, turn with me to John chapter 1, first of all. This year, 2021, labeled the year of eternal life, and we're continuing to learn things about the life of God that's resident on the inside of us. In John chapter 1, beginning with verse 1, Scripture says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And notice that life is what? The light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not, or could not overcome it, could not master it. Now, just as a little nugget this morning, another thing that's important about this word life, or this life that's on the inside of us, this Zoe, is the fact that it's our light. It becomes the light of men. And so for us to be lit up, it's important for us to have some understanding of this life that is on the inside of us. And notice the scripture says that the light shines in darkness and that the darkness cannot overcome the light. You might want to look at somebody and say, guess what? The darkness cannot overcome the light. One more time. The darkness cannot overcome the light. All right. Now, listen to what we said, that the darkness cannot overcome the light. So it doesn't matter how dark it gets. The darkness does not have the ability to overcome the light. Now, these are small things that, you know, you know, little things that we're, we're talking about. And I think, you know, they, they can be taken for granted. We need to think about it when we go out into this present darkness that no matter how much of it is around because we have the life and light of God on the inside of us, that that darkness cannot overcome the light. Christian people need to start thinking this way. We're not doomsday thinking people. We need to realize that we're the ones who have life and light on the inside of us and the darkness cannot overcome the light. All right. Now, I want us to look at John 18 as a subtitle this morning. We're going to ask ourselves this question. What is truth? Because this is involved in what we're looking at this year. So John chapter 18. Verses 33 through 38. This is Jesus before Pilate. So Pilate, then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, do you say this thing of yourself or did others tell it to you? Pilate answered him, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, are you king then? Jesus answered, thou sayest that I am, that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth hears 
my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? <laughs> what is truth? <laughs> Pilate asked the question, what is truth? All right, right quick, John 14, 6. We would know this probably without even reading it. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. John 16, 13. All these in close proximity. <laughs> Jesus said, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will do what? He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. And then finally, for right now at least, 2 Corinthians 13, verse 8. Not 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 13, 8. <laughs> For we can do nothing against the truth, <laughs> but for the truth. <laughs> Lord. Nothing against the truth. I'm, I'm still believing in my heart and my mind that these words that are in these scriptures are going to jump up and become real inside of the hearts and the minds of the people of God. When we start taking these things that are absolute, I mean, there's nothing that can be done against the truth. That's absolute. That's a reality. So imagine thinking about that. Nothing can be done against the truth. Now, so much of what we are looking at and dealing with around us right now, ain't no, no truth, ain't no reality in it. <laughs> There's a whole big game and a facade going on around us. We got fake government. What we have now is not government. It's a corporate structure. It's not government. It's fake government. We got fake news. As you said every day. <laughs> fake pandemic. It's no pandemic. It's not a pandemic. Fake pandemic. Fake virus. Not a real virus. Fake vaccines, quote unquote. It's not a vaccine. It's not gene therapy. It's not a vaccine. Fake vaccine. We got fake money. Pull the green out. It's not real money. Federal Reserve knows. You saw how you saw me. My bad. I shouldn't have done that. All right. But anyway, we got all this fake stuff. We got fake money, fake Christians, fake laws, fake preachers, fake churches, fake weather, fake hair, fake hamburgers. Fake fingernails. <laughs> just think about it. Now, I just pull a, a handful of things out so that we can just let it hit our minds how much fake stuff is around us. Now, if you're fitting in these, these things, I don't want anybody to be, you know, offended. If you've got fake nails, you know, or fake hair, don't be offended. I'm just making a point. There's so much around us that's not real. And because there's so much around us that's not real, we, we can forget that there are things that are called reality and truth. Oh, my God. Uh, fake bust, fake rear ends, <laughs> fake music. <laughs> I mean, come on. You, you, I mean, you don't even have to know how to play an instrument anymore. If you can program something, you can make it sound like music. You don't, have to, you don't have to learn music anymore. My God, you don't have to learn how to sing anymore. They can make your voice sound like you're an angel, and you, you, you sound like a crawdad in real life. 
<laughs> but it can make you sound like you are the most beautiful singer in the whole wide world. And you know nothing about music or singing. All right? So fake plants, fake wealth, fake friends, <laughs> and so on and on and on and on and on. And so we're here, we have the question. Mankind asked the question, what is truth? It's probably one of the reasons why we have such a challenge today right now in dealing with absolutes. Because we've been being trained over the years to deal with stuff that is not true, that is fake, that is replacement for reality. And now we're in a place where we have to deal with reality and need reality, and people's minds are so conditioned to the fact that there's not really anything that's absolute. Now, we can't be that way. <laughs> and if we're going to help the world and help other people, we've got to know that there's truth, that there's reality. Now, Jesus said in John 8, 31 and 32, he said to those Jews that believed on him, he said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Now, notice, the truth will make you free. Truth, reality. If we desire freedom in our lives, then there are some realities in which we have to have conviction. It's one thing for there to be truth and reality, but it's another thing for, us, for it to be real in our lives. And that's where we come in and the decision that we make. We have to have some conviction. What is conviction? Conviction is something where you are so dedicated to something that nothing can drive you off of it. It becomes not just something that you think about and you, um, you, know, you give mental assent to, but it's so real on the inside of you that no matter what anybody else thinks or believes, it's not going to change you. That's conviction. You'd lay your life down for it because you believe and you know that deeply that what you have, what you believe and what you know, you're not going to give it up for anything in the world. Hello? All right. Now, there are some realities that we have to deal with. Now, listen, listen. See, truth and reality is going to be truth and reality no matter what else is going on. Listen, don't let that slide by. It's going to be truth and reality. Are going to, they are what they are. They will never change, and they cannot be changed. Here's the truth and the reality. Jesus was raised from the dead, never going to die again, never going to pay a price for sin again. Bam, done, period. And it cannot, the work that he did cannot be undone. Now, whether anyone believes that or not does not make that less of reality. Now, if you are going to partake of that reality, then you have to believe and receive that for yourself. But no matter what you do, it's not going to change the reality. So now, it's important that we, we learn to hook up with the realities. And we become so convinced and convicted of them that nothing, no one, nothing can change. And now what happens is there's like there's a force that begins to come out of us when that happens. Come on, this is what the world is needing right now. There's so much stuff that's flipping around and wishy-washy, and people don't know what to believe. If you watch the news for two days, it'll mess up your mind. <laughs> Four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock, nine, ten, eleven. 
One, two, three. If you do that for a few days and you just sit there religiously and do that, you, you have the potential to have your mind all messed up. And then when you get out into the real world, you have no idea what reality is. That's what the problem is right now. People are watching all that mess. And they walk out into the world and they have no clue about what is really, really real. Listen, folks, if people knew what was real, they wouldn't be getting shot off all up in the arm right now. If people knew what was real, they wouldn't be masking up all over the place. But now you say that to some people and they get mad and get upset. Because they don't understand the reality behind these things. So now, this is, I want to point out a few realities that we need conviction about. I want to start it with something that is general for everybody on this land. And um, <laughs> that's something called the second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence. We said, what that got to do with reality? It's got a lot to do with reality where our country is concerned. And people need to learn this reality if they're going to live on American land and going to keep their freedom. Now, I hand, I think, did you get a handout at all? Any of you? You know what I want you to do? I'm, I'm going to hold for a moment because I want, I want you to, to have this and I want you to look at this and read this with me as we're reading it. So if you don't mind, yeah, let's not wait till everybody leaves with this one today. I want to, yeah, because I think this is very, very important. This is something that is, this is the charter of our nation, Declaration of Independence. And there's a paragraph in here that, I mean, every American should have some clue, some idea, some kind of working knowledge of what is in this because you live on this land. And if you appreciate where you live and appreciate what God has given to you, you should know what this says so that you know what you should be able to stand for. Listen, a lot of what's going on around us on this land right now is in total opposition to this thing. Now, think about it. If this is what America is based on, and we've got people that are pushing something different, we've got demonic spirits that are pushing something different, don't you think you, we should know what's ours so we can know how to stand up against it and push it back, push it away from us? And stand up for and claim and lay hold to what belongs to us? Let's, let's look at the second paragraph. This second paragraph is so important. It says, we hold these, notice, truths. Check that out. Truths to be self-evident. Oh, my God. Truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. So you know what that means? That means Brown lives matter, white lives matter, black lives matter, yellow lives matter, blue lives matter, green lives. I mean, if you got all them colors on the rainbow somewhere on the earth, every one of those lives matter because all men are created equal. And not only that, they, that they have been endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Every man Every woman born on this earth has God-given rights. The government doesn't give rights. They don't have the right to give rights. They don't have rights to give. People get this all crossed up. The government was not given to give rights. The governments were instituted to protect the God-given rights of people. That's why this thing is all backwards right now. 
And see, a lot of people don't know what they should be standing for. They think you got to obey the government, the government, whatever the government tells you to do, you're supposed to do. I differ with that because my Bible tells me different than that. Since when did the word of God tell you to obey any governing authority that tells you to do something contrary to the Bible? Where do you find that? Why do Christians have a problem with that? Why do preachers have a problem with that? A preacher will shut their church down because the government says don't open. I have a problem with that. Because God said don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. So who are you to tell me not to keep my church open and have people come in and fellowship? Nobody needs to get scared. See, when you're convicted of those kinds of things and you've got God's word, there's no need to be afraid. Because that's what God said. And anybody, any preacher that won't stand up for what God said, you've got a problem. And it needs to be solved. Because the government is not your God. And the government is not the one that gives you a right to open or close your church. And the government is not the one who, give, who, who gives you the right to go or not to go. I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to take every, any word of it back. Because what the scripture says. These guys in Acts 5, they said we ought to obey God rather than man. Didn't they say that? So it seems to me, and especially where the church is concerned, we all have some decisions to make. And they have to be made based on our convictions. Now, if you don't have conviction of these things, you better go put your nose in the book and get on your knees and do something to get convicted about the truth of God's word versus the lies of the adversary that are working through the, the so-called governments of the nations. And it's wonderful for one, two, three people here or there to stand up, but every, once everybody in the word of God and the Bible, everybody in church stands up, the world's got a big problem. The devil's got a big problem. And we need to stand up. Americans need to stand up for what we see right here. That they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these, they're not even laying everything out. They said among these, notice, are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That means nobody can put a clamp on you tell you where you can go and where you can't go. You're free to do whatever you want to do, even if you destroy yourself. You have the God-given right to do that. Listen, folks, this thing is so real. When you go back and look at the Garden of Eden, look at what God set up there for man and woman. And he told them what to do, what you got. You got all this stuff. But you know what? He never, did. He never came down and made them do anything. He gave them a will, gave them the right to choose, even though they made the wrong choice. God didn't even try to take their rights away. Come on, if God didn't take your right away to choose, who is anybody else to take, try to take your right to choose away? <laughs> you 
Lord, boy, I tell you, man. I know it's strong, but that's a, that's a fact. That's a truth. That's a reality. You can destroy yourself if you want to, and God will let you. He will put road signs up. He will say, put, try to put some blocks up there, and I don't go through, but you can go, bam, crash right through the barrier because you chose to. This will is a powerful thing that he gave to man. And we, everybody has the right to exercise their right to choose. That's what these cats were saying. They have that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now listen, to secure, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. This is why governments are instituted. Not for selfishness. Not to pad their pockets. Not to make slaves of the people. Not to take their stuff and just sit back and never work in the 49 years, stay in the same position and just suck off of the, the labor of the people. No, that's backwards. It's never meant to be that way. That in, to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. That when any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Hello. Pretty strong to me. Well, see, that's a, a truth and a reality got to sink into the hearts and minds of American people. And are you probably not going to be encouraged young people to do that in school? People that watch TV are not probably not going to be encouraged to do that for the most part. You walk in the streets, you're not going to be encouraged to do what we just read right here. That's why many of us who know these truths are going to have to communicate them to other people and take like stuff like this that we just gave you this morning and put this in some people's faces. He said, did you know this is what your nation, your country was founded on? Did you know that? Did you know that? <laughs> Secondly, there's a reality of the kingdom of God. Now, we're going to get real specific to believers here now, all right? There's a reality of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God exists. The kingdom of God exists. The kingdom of God. Look at the scripture with me over in Psalm 103. I'm telling you guys, we've been, we've been working on this for years and it's happening. Scriptures are just going to jump out and the light is just going to come on. <laughs> scriptures that we read all our lives and it's like, oh, that was there? <laughs> Psalm 103, 19. The Lord has prepared his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over some. Well, it rules over everything except South America. Oh, it rules over every kingdom except China. 
Oh, my bad. It, it rules over every kingdom except Iran. His kingdom rules over all. Now, his kingdom is an eternal, everlasting kingdom. It has no beginning and no end. So why would we think that anything in between would be able to overcome that kingdom? His kingdom rules over all. Now, what God wants is for his people to start thinking like that. That his kingdom rules over all. Hello. The greatest jurisdiction in the whole wide universe is the kingdom of God. Amen. Glory to God. And the king of the kingdom has told us how we should live and govern our lives. And told us to go and teach the nations. Hello. Okay, now. <laughs> Colossians 1, 12 and 13. Some of us thought that years ago we were involved in the process of mind renewal. We were only just getting started, man. <laughs> Colossians 1. 12 and 13, giving thanks unto the Father who has made us meet or who's qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the remission of sins. So we've been delivered from the power of darkness. Let me take this real slow. We have been delivered from the power of darkness. We have been delivered from the authority of darkness. We have been delivered from the power of darkness. We have been delivered from the power of darkness. We have been delivered from the power of darkness. We have been delivered from the power of darkness. We're not one day going to be delivered from the power of darkness. We have been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the what? kingdom of his dear son. Now, we just read a scripture that said God prepared his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. And now we are in that kingdom. So what do you think we're supposed to be doing? Oh, man, you got the right answer. <laughs> Come on, so we got to start thinking like this. And if we are, we got to keep thinking like this. And we can't let it get away from our thinking. Because we've got another entity out there called darkness that right now is flexing its muscles because it believes that they've come to a point in history that there's not enough of the church that really believes that the kingdom of God rules over all. And they need to be proven wrong because of what the scriptures say. Not because of any man's doctrine or belief, but because of what the scriptures say. And see, now, if you and I are dedicated to the scriptures, then what we're going to be thinking is that we can't let these monkey devil spirits rule. Not while we're here. 
It was not never designed like that. Every day we should be thinking, you know, demon spirits, who do you think you are? You ain't nobody. Not compared to the most high, you ain't nobody. Folks, these spirits are afraid of you. They're afraid of every believer. They'll put up all kind of fronts and, and you know, try to and make you think like they got something. But they still can't do anything with the name of Jesus. They can't do anything with what's written. They cannot do anything with that. And when it is in you and you're convinced and convicted of it, they must listen. They can't even do like a rebellious child. It's like, nah, no, nah, I don't feel like doing that. No. So we've been delivered. Notice John 17, 14 through 17. Y'all don't mind a lot of scriptures, do you? Okay. John 17, 14 through 17. Jesus praying here. Now, now check this out. He said, now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that you should take them out of the world. Let me, let me, let me say this part of his prayer again. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world. Jesus prayed that. I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Then he said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now that word, world, all those words, world, they're used in that 17th chapter of the Greek word cosmos. So he said, Lord, Father, I don't want you to take them out of this arrangement, this demonic orderly arrangement, because you didn't give them life and light to take them out. But you gave them that so that they could be in it, not of it, in it, not of it, in it, and bring life and light to it. There's something else we need to realize, because folks, we got to stop giving up ground to the devil. And this is a parent that will insert here. 1 Corinthians 3, 21 through 23. We got to stop giving up ground. Because the devil, every day I try to tell him, you have nothing, you are nothing, you own nothing. I'm serious. And we need to rehearse that. You have nothing, you are nothing, you own. He owns nothing, he has and he ain't nobody. 1 Corinthians 3, 21 through 23. Oh, my. Oh, my, my, my. Therefore, let no man glory in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world. Or the world. Even though we're not of it, we own it. 
Because why? Because Jesus purchased the right to everything. So even though we're not in it, we're not to be subject to that system or governed by it. We own it. He said, all things are yours, whether Paul or Paulus, Cephas, the world, life, death, things present, things to come, all are yours, and you are Christ, and Christ is God's. We need to start walking around like we own stuff, y'all. It's the way the church has got to start thinking. Exactly, we got to start walking around like we own stuff. We we own what's going on. And we just, we sit back and let the devil do whatever he want to do. And wait for the Lord to rapture us and, you know, pull us up out of this mess. We are to be a people who are to act like we're leaving and at the same time act like we're staying. What do I mean by that? Our hearts should be paired and always be looking for the appearing of the Lord but we should be setting up shop like we're going to be here and rule forever. Both of those things fold right into one another. We're not to be thinking, well, Lord, it's going to get so deep and so so bad, and you get get me out of here. (laughs) And just sit back and let evil run all over the place. That's not the design of the kingdom of God. Amen. There's the reality of the authority of the name of Jesus. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Wherefore, God also has done what? Highly exalted him, and he's given him a name, which is above 75% of the names. Oh, 80% of the names. See, we got to listen to what we are saying. A name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, or literally at the sound of that name, every knee that feels like bowing should bow. Uh, No, I ain't got it right. Every knee should bow. Beings in heaven, earth, and I don't care how far down you go. In every realm. So what is it that his name can't touch? What is it that is above his name? There's nothing above that name. That should call for Selah moments every day of our lives. It's not just what we tag on the end of a prayer so that we got our consciences right. Well, I said the prayer right, but in the name of Jesus, amen. He said his name is above every name. So think about all the names that come against you. All the names that come against the kingdom of God. All the names that come against America. All the names that come against the people of the world. And my prayer, who who is named by that name? We. Hello? That's our name. 
The name that was given to him is now given to us. And not only that, he's the head of the body, which we are a part of. So his name is our name. And we have as much right to use it as he does. Come on, guys. Every name. Every name should be revolving that around. Every name. 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 Why I'm saying every name. Ephesians 1. Every name. Every name. Ephesians 1. Every name. Ephesians 1 from verse 17. Every name. Every name. Ephesians 1. From verse 17, every name, every name. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above, 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 all, 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 all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, not only in this world, not only in, no, he puts this world first. See, some of us won't wait till the next one. He puts, Christian people want to wait. Yeah, his name will be above every name later on. No, he said, not only in this world, not only in this age, this time, this place, not only in this one, but also in that which is to come, and don't stop, and has put all things, has put, remember the tenses, hath, has put a few things under his feet. Oh, my, my bad. All things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to who? The church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Guess what the body's supposed to be doing? Filling up everything. Filling up everything with his name that's above every name. Filling up everything with the kingdom of God. Filling it up. That's like we're supposed to walk around with water holes. It's got kingdom of God water in it. Everywhere we go. You know how water is, right? Water, water seeks to go to the lowest point, get down there, and start working up. And any place where there's a gap, it's going to find its way in there. And as long as it keeps flowing, it'll keep filling. And as long as it keeps filling, it'll come to where it overflows. <laughs> yeah. We've been in a, a few natural issues over the years where pipes have burst. And you can see what happens when they burst. That's right. And it'll just, as long as it's on and flows, it'll just keep flowing 
and it'll keep flowing. And if nobody stops it, it'll just keep and it will fill up everything. We've had two of those two, two times that happened in the life of this church. And it was so it was wonderful that it's somewhere in there. God sent somebody to the church so that there could be a stoppage of the flow. Or else it would have been all over the place. And as long as it's flowing, it's going to fill up. Hear what God is saying, y'all. As long as the water is flowing, it's going to fill up. Now, check it out. We are a people. Jesus said, out of our innermost being will flow rivers of life-giving water. What are we releasing as we go out into this darkness every day? Are we releasing life and life-giving water and, and, and praise in the name of Jesus? Or are we releasing fear, timidity? And, uh, well, the, the, the government don't want me to mention the name of Jesus in public places. I've got to obey the government because Romans 13 tells me that obey the high. <laughs> if they tell you not to use the name of Jesus, uh-oh, that's why I stop obeying right there. See, this generation is going to require some people that have some spiritual fortitude, intestines, guts, whatever words you want to use, boldness from the Lord. And stop bowing the knee to demonic spirits. And take dominion. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mark 16, 15 through 20, Jesus said this. He told us, he said, go into all the cosmos and preach the gospel to every creature. These signs shall follow them or accompany them that believe. He said, in my name. And notice the first thing he said, they shall cast out devils. Folks, what's going on in this earth realm that we're in is a struggle. It's a conflict between light and darkness everywhere that we look. It's a, it's a conflict between light and darkness. They're evil spirits that think they can just roam around and do whatever they want to do. And somehow or another, there's so many of us that are not sensitive enough to what's going on in the spirit realm to realize that this whole thing is a conflict between light and darkness and that we have authority over the darkness. I don't care what form it comes in, whether it's a demon that's operating inside of a person, whether it's, it's Freemasonry, whether it's witchcraft. Those are names. Remember, they're names. I said, their names. Their names. Notice, their names. And whatever their name is, it ain't above the name. All that mess is operating in this pseudo government. So how many folk going to rise up and speak the name 
over this stuff, lock it up. I said, no, there's a, a, a we, we're some people who are deputized by the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody said, but, but Bible prophecy says, <laughs> we're still here. I said, we're still here. We're still here. Occupy. Come on now. I know it's tight, but listen, folks, we're still here. We're still here. That's what matters. We're still here. And we're the church, the body of Christ. Been given authority, been given the name. Well, some other things here. There's the reality of the authority of the church, the body of Christ, not just in this world, but in the universe. I know we're working on getting this world, you know, but we got to realize it's the universe that God says. It's in the scriptures. We know Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus said, all powers have been given to me in heaven and earth. Then he said for his people to go. All right. Let's go. Look. We know Ephesians 1, 18 through 23. But let's look at three, Ephesians 3, 8 through 11. This one is so important. It doesn't get read enough, doesn't get talked about enough. I know I mentioned it, but we need to keep it before our eyes and in our ears because we need to realize that this is a big part of the plan of God. Until we start think being kingdom minded totally and completely, we're always going to be thinking or having the corner of our mind or our thinking somewhere that this is only for a particular time. It's forever, and it was forever beginning when Jesus was raised from the dead. Ephesians 3 from verse 8. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all, notice men is in italics, so as to make all see, that means men, women, boys, girls, angels, demon spirits, whoever is in the universe. Make all see. Oh, boy. Make all see. Make all see. What is the fellowship of the mystery? which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now, 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 now. I heard someone say years ago, now always updates itself every time you say it. Now, now, now. It ain't never the future, it's now. That now, unto the principalities and powers. You notice this word, these principalities and powers keep popping up. And notice what comes along with it, that there's somebody who's the head over it or has authority and dominion over the principalities and the powers. that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places or in the heavenlies might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. God had it in his heart 
and his mind eternally that when Jesus was raised from the dead and the first person that received him as Lord and, uh, and his word spread all out and there was going to be a body of Christ. And he said, you know what I'm going to do? I am going to show the whole universe my wisdom. And it's not going to be because I stand up and do it myself. It's going to be through the church. Boy, who do we think we are? You know who we think we are? We ought to think we somebody. Because God said it. We're to be the ruling, the governing force, the one who shows the wisdom of God to everybody in the universe. You should never let the devil tell you you ain't nobody. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. We've got Colossians 2. 9 and 10. Hang with me a little bit here. He says, for in him or in Jesus dwells the fullness, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And he says, and you are complete in him. And notice it says, who is the head of all principality and power. <laughs> Come on, man. All principality. He, he's already the head. He's not going to one day be the head. And we're not one day going to be the body. <laughs> we already are. Unless we forget, the Bible already put angels, no matter who they are, they put angels in a particular class. The ones who are upright and holy are the ones who will listen to and hearken to the voice of God's word that comes from our mouths. What makes demonic spirits any different? What would even make Nephilim any different? Ain't nobody above that name. See, we're talking about being in school and in school prepared for dominion and authority and not waiting until the millennial reign. But from the point that we come into the kingdom of God, until. You remember them parties that used to come? I don't know. Some of y'all used to party. They had a party that was 11 until. You know what until meant? It was until. They, they wasn't telling you go home at 2, 3, or 4, and 1. It's until. <laughs> Somebody laughing. You know about some of them, don't you? Mm -hmm. Until. Come on. <laughs> oh, my God. Romans 16, 20. The God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet 32,000 years from now. <laughs> when was Romans written? That's a while ago. <laughs> A few minutes ago. <laughs> hmm? you, don't, you don't see that there, do you? Uh -uh, I don't see it there either. <laughs> Thank you for your help, sweetheart. There's the power of the blood of Jesus that we need to have conviction about. My God. Romans 5.9 tells us, much more being justified by his blood 
we shall be saved from wrath through him. We've been justified by his blood. There was power enough in that blood to justify us, make us righteous. And if that blood made us righteous and is that powerful, there ain't no undoing what the blood did. So don't let the enemy undo it in your mind. Because if you're a believer and you've been washed, sanctified, purchased by the blood, the efficacy of that blood, it will never, it, the blood will never lose its power. So we've been, you see, and you know what? I've I noticed something I, over the years. I mean, people don't talk about this as much as we should. You know why talking about the blood is so important? If all you knew was a little bit about witchcraft and you understood, if you understood why all these babies and people are missing, it's not just because they forgot where they were going. They're demonically inspired people that take people, take children, Kidnap people to sacrifice them and take their blood. There's something about blood. And even if you don't, we don't understand all there is about it, there is a reality that there's something about power that's in blood. When Leviticus tells us that the life of the flesh is in the blood. This blood in you transports everything through you. It carries life. It'll carry death too, but it's designed to carry life to everything in your body. And the reason some of these young ones are disappearing, and especially the young boys, is because you got evil, old, demonically inspired people who are taking that blood because of the life that's in it. To take it for themselves. Yeah, that's going on. Now, we talk about the blood of the lamb and what that blood has done for us. And that nothing can be, that, what he did for us cannot be undone. That's why this, we, we talk about this thing called righteousness. Don't ever let that get stolen from you. Don't ever let that get taken out of your mind. Don't ever, I don't care what you do or what you don't do. Don't ever let a demonic spirit lie to you and tell you that that's not who you are. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You've been justified because of the blood. Revelation 12, 11 says they overcame him. They overcame, they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And nothing wrong with you walking up and down all day. You know what? I overcame by the blood. I overcame, and that's what I'm testifying. I've overcome by the blood of the lamb. 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 I'm kept by the blood of the lamb. Check out what they did on them, them doorposts when, when the death angel was going to come through. And they put that blood up there. And guess what? There was a Passover. There was a Passover. Why are you going to be afraid of what these monkeys are trying to do today that are demonically inspired? You got some blood. Come on now. See, folk, a, a lot of us over the years have been learning and hearing stuff. 
that hadn't been applied. And Christians are going to have to start applying things. They're going to have to start seriously applying what they've been taught and learning, have to take it to heart, ingest it internally, renew their minds with it, let it come out of their mouths, and govern the actions of our lives. This is not just learning good stuff and good doctrine to say, ooh, uh, I'm a part of a particular crowd. This stuff is to be used because your life's going to depend on it. The kingdom of God depends on it. Its function in this universe depends on what we do with what's been invested in us. And you know what? Hey, listen. This is not a bad confession, but I'm going to tell you right now. Everybody in the church is not going to do what we're talking about right now. But the ones who will, I'm going to tell you what, you're talking about rising up <laughs> with might and strength. It's here, guys. It's here. It ain't no tomorrows no more. Every day is a day that these things must be a reality. Every day. We've got to push at that every day. I know there are challenges all over the place for everybody. Everybody. But every day, this kind of stuff's got to be on your mind. It's got to be in the forefront of your thinking. It's got to be there when you go out into this darkness. You can't bow to the darkness in Jesus' name. Christians can't bow to the darkness anymore. Got to get up in the face of the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. Amen. Hallelujah. They overcame it by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. What else do we need to be convicted of? Divine safekeeping for the people of the Lord. Some of you may remember, it's, time has been moving so fast, but it's probably been about a couple, couple of years now already. I told you guys. There are some scriptures that we need to be rehearsing where our protection is concerned. I believe it came toward the latter part of 2019, I think, and I put a little package of scriptures together. Referring to them off and on, but Psalm 91 tells us. In 91, 1 through 16, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress, my God, and him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowl and from the noiseless pestilence. And under his feathers shall... Them. Come on, in verse 10 he says, No evil shall befall you, neither shall any plague, any plague, any plague, any plague, any plague, any plague, come nigh thy dwelling. First dwelling is this temple of the Holy Ghost. That's the first dwelling. Your house and church and all that will come later, but this is the first dwelling, this temple of the Holy Spirit. And I saw I need to declare it. And somebody said, well, it ain't seem like it's working right now. Drive it out. Drive it out. This is the temple of the Holy Ghost. No evil shall befall me, neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. Just declare it. I don't care where you are. Just declare it. Declare it. Say what God says. Just declare it. Declare it. Declare it. Just say it. Say it. Eat. Say it. Eat. Say it. Eat. Say it. Eat. Say it. And become consumed with it. 
With long life, he satisfies me and shows me his salvation. I'm covered. I tell you what, I see that as a prophecy of what God said would be the believers in Christ in the New Testament. Because he said, since you've been raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your mind or your affection on things which are above, but not on things which are on the earth. Because then he said, your life is hid with Christ in God. Who going to buck up in God's face? Who going to bristle up in his face? It looks like I'm kept by the power of God. That's why as we start understanding more and more about what God has called us to do as the church in this world, in this universe, you're going to start talking bold because you're going to understand your assignment and you're not going to be afraid to utter these things. You know why? Because you are dwelling in the secret place of the Most High and abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. And who's going to stop the word of God coming from your mouth or shut the vessel down? that is so dedicated and committed to what God wants and is standing on and convicted of what he's saying right here in these words. Come on, that just strips and, and pulls all fear back, shuts it down. Shuts it down. And when, when the enemy doesn't have fear to operate with, man, you just took his, you just took his trump card. You just took it away. He just took it away. Because if he can't intimidate you with fear, he's got nothing else. Come on now. Psalm 105. My brother-in-law liked this scripture. <laughs> You'll understand in a minute. So my wife. Psalm 105. Another powerful scripture, man. Psalm 105, verses 13 through 15. Let's just go, yeah, verse 13. When they were, when went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, he suffered no man to do them wrong. Yeah, he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, touch not my anointed and do my prophecies. I mean, my prophets, no harm. <laughs> touch not my anointed. God said it. And he said he reproved. Oh, Lord. Come on. They walk each other. Now, you, you, don't you touch them. And don't you dare do them any harm. Who is going to believe this? Who is going to take it to heart? Who is going to, out of their mouth, start declaring, touch not mine anointed. Do my prophets no harm. Lord, you're reproving kings for my sake. And you are telling them in their ear, you are telling them, don't touch him. Don't touch her. You better keep your hands off of them. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. You better leave that one alone. Don't mess with that one. I'll get you if you do. Leave him alone. I'll visit you in your sleep. 
I'll visit you while you're driving and walking. I will be up in your mug. Let them alone. Boy, just imagine the majority of the church taking at the heart and start invading this world with that. You're talking about wanting to go home? How bad you really want to get things done? That's my question. How bad you really want to get stuff done? Because you want to get stuff done and get over with this mess, we're going to start applying these things. Then see what happens after that. We've got to do our job. We've got a job to do. Isaiah 54. Familiar with that one. But every day. Every day. See, it's not just knowing and being able to quote these things. Folks, we got to grab them, take them, put them to heart. All my children are taught of the Lord. Great is the peace of my children. In righteousness, I'm established. I'm far from oppression, for I'll not fear, and from terror, for it will not come near me. Behold, they'll surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against you shall fall for your sake. Well, you let that be a part of your breakfast every morning. Whoever gathers together against me shall fall for my sake. God said, behold, I've created the smith that blows the coals in the fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work. I've created the waster to destroy. Then he says, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. You know who my righteousness is of? You know where I got my righteousness from? Oh, it ain't a self-righteousness. I got it right from the source. We got it right from the source. Now, you stick that up in demonic spirits' faces. Oh, 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 okay. Okay. That looks like God to me. That sounds like God to me. Come on now. See, no, entertainment time's over. It's, it's, this ain't about entertainment no more. It's over. This is reality staring us in the face. Truth, reality. It's truth and it's reality. It just is. But for truth to be operative in my life, your life, our lives, we have to stand for it. James 4, 7 tells us what? Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. And he'll stand there and argue with you. <laughs> That's not what it says. <laughs> he'll flee. John 8, 31 and 32. If you continue in my word, if you abide in my word, then you're my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. I'm going to read this. Some of you may remember this. You, you heard this probably about close to four years ago, the first time that I recall mentioning in here. But it says, when the de jure is in operation, the de facto must go away. Remember, we were talking about governments. Some of you may remember that. 
De facto, very simply, is that, which is illegitimate, like we have operating in America right now. It's an illegitimate government. It's a corporate structure. It's not republic. We got to wake up to that. And that's why de facto was in operation. You see, de facto was like water, too. What's illegitimate, if what is legitimate doesn't take its place, what is illegitimate just starts flowing right in and taking over. That's what happened. And Republic, when it put its guard down and just let these, all of the infiltration happen, it just spread out all over the place. It's tentacles like, like we're talking about the grapevine, you know, just like the grapevine. It just spread all, all over the place. But when the de jure or what is legitimate, it's the easiest way for us to understand this, what is legitimate is an operation. What is illegitimate has to go away. This should be so easy for us in the, in the church to understand in the kingdom of God. See, the enemy, he has, he takes all the kind of ground that he can because believers don't stand up. But you know what? Well, once a believer stands up, there's nothing the illegitimate can do. They don't have the power. Why? Because they are not truth. They are not reality. They're a fake. They're a phony. They are illegitimate. If you got somebody illegitimate trying to say, I've got a place in that will. Well, let's see the paperwork. Let's see what was written. You can't come in there and steal it because guess what? The son or the daughter stood up and said, wait a minute. Here's my ID. Here's who I am. I am the inheritor. That's it. Case closed. That's the strength that's behind truth and reality. Even though our carnal minds don't grasp it all, it is just a fact of life. Church, I want you to do something with me. I want you to stand up. If you're watching online and you're saved, I just want you to stand up. Just stand, stand up as an action. Just, just, just let it depict what we're talking about right now, our standing up. That's it. Okay, you stood up. Sit down. <laughs> Father, thank you. Thank you for your words of life today. Lord, we ask and we believe in Jesus' name that you, by the Holy Spirit, will remind us, will take advantage and believe and receive what you said about what the Spirit of God and what he would do, that he would guide us into all truth, that he would bring to our remembrance everything that Jesus said to us that we may use it, that we may be skillful. We thank you for that. I want us to do something today. Maybe somebody online or somebody that will come across this service and watch it, maybe you don't know the Lord. Maybe you need Jesus. Maybe you never had him in your life. Well, we want to take time to pray today. Pray a prayer with you if you want to pray that. The Bible tells us that Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. And he tells us that if we would confess him as Lord, believe that he was raised from the dead, confess him as Lord, that we would be received, we would receive life, we'd be saved. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray a prayer. And I want everybody that you're in line with the camera, I just want you to turn and look at the camera, please. Because we're going to pray this together. And we're going to act like we're helping, which we are, and supporting anybody 
who wants to come into the kingdom of God. So pray this prayer with us. God in heaven, I've heard words of life today. I've heard words that tell me that the kingdom of God, that your kingdom is greater than any kingdom. I have words that you, I've heard that Jesus Christ is Lord, that his name is above every name. That I will believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead and say with my mouth, Jesus is Lord that I will have life, that I will be saved. So with my mouth right now, I confess, I say, Jesus, you are Lord. I now have life. And Father, I thank you for that life. My prayer right now is that you would guide me into the ways of life, the pathways of life, all that you have prepared for me in this life. I don't know much right now, but I'm trusting you to give me what I need so that I can grow and develop in this life the way that I'm supposed to. Send me the people. Send me the information. Send me the instruction and teach me by your Holy Spirit who now lives on the inside of me. I trust you to do that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We want to thank you for listening to today's message. For additional messages and as a way for Pastor Nick to bless you with vital information, downloads, and gifts, please visit our website at myclcc.com. We invite you to join us again next week for The Word with Pastor Nick.